Hey, this is Megan Rapino, and I'm Sue Bird. We've decided to turn our crazy IG live show into a podcast for your listening pleasure. Enjoy the show. A Touch More. New episodes of A Touch More drop Tuesday only on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on Spotify, Apple, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Welcome back to TKW Draft Season, presented by the Knicks Wall Podcast, which is presented by Blue Wire Podcast Network. There's levels to this podcasting game, folks. Uh, I'm your host, Mike Cortez. Joining me, as always, my co-host for two years now on this pod, the Flex Queen, what Jess Reinhardt. What is up? What's up? Just one year. Just one year. It, although it feels like we've been in quarantine for a full year. So, yeah, I mean that's why I added in. <laughs> Soon to be two years. Oh, seriously. <laughs> How you doing though? How you holding up? Chilling. You know, um, hanging in my uh, brand new jersey of the number one point guard in New York, Sabrina Inescu. Hey. You know, um, I wish the Knicks could draft her, but you know. Well, we can be Liberty fans out here. We can, and it kind of breaks my heart that they're officially under the Nets umbrella once Ugh. they get the best player ever. But I know. What can you do? What can you do? Beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> also joining me, as he always has during this season and hopefully seasons beyond, Nick Carante. Nick, what's up, buddy? Not a whole lot. How you doing? Good. Just trying to think. I feel like the quarantine in New York is getting over, so... My mood's starting to change a little better, but can't complain. I'm glad to hear that. Now in Idaho, we're starting to open up back here. Great to hear. Great to hear. So, uh, yeah, so we've been a little on a brief hiatus. The draft has kind of been in a little bit of a purgatory, so we're figuring out ways to stretch that out. But I recently put out the last edition of the draft board so we can start to zone in on who we want. And I guess we'll start with the Clippers pick since that's a little more less covered. I feel like we've covered the top guys pretty extensively. So coming in last for the Clippers pick, which is 27th overall, we had, I believe, Jalen Smith from Maryland. And I think the reasoning for him is, or appeal that is, is back up to Mitch, Rim protector, tenacious rebounder, and looks like he can shoot. Did any of you guys watch any of Maryland this year? And if you did, what were your thoughts on Jalen? Uh, I definitely, I mean, watch a little bit. It's still bizarre to me that Maryland is in the Big Ten. Um, and so watched a few games of theirs. I mean, he's definitely effective both offensive and defensively. I think he – averaged over 10 rebounds a game um and blocked like two or three shots maybe uh, i'm pulling it up right now yeah yeah 2.4 just shots. under three um 
So, I mean, he's – I really like the that Clippers pick for him. Like, if they were to go after him, I think that Clippers pick range is is the correct range for him. Um, I just – I don't know. My only concern is, like, I feel like the Knicks didn't even use Mitch properly, so now we're going to have a second backup behind Mitch, like – are they going to be able to use him properly as well? I don't know. I'm just a little concerned in that aspect. Yeah, where I was bullish on the move was I did like the idea behind Bobby Portis more than Bobby Portis himself. Mm-hmm. And if they could properly start Mitch and give him his 30 minutes, I think they just need somebody that can do exactly what Jalen Smith does, which is protect the rim, pull down boards, which is a, something Portis didn't really do as much and Jalen's just an animal. And shoot, and Jalen actually became a shooter his second year at Maryland, which was kind of surprising to me because he's a big guy. You don't really expect it. And I, my first highlight I remember of Smith was that dunk in the tournament his freshman year. So to me, I mm-hmm. thought he was just like the typical Big Ten rim runner that doesn't really shoot. And then I see this year he was developing perimeter skills. So it's he's intriguing. And I know – you want to add a little sexier pick there with a guard or a wing, but I think a solid backup for Mitch would kind of help push the team towards putting Mitch in the right place, which is in the starting lineup. Yeah, and I I think also for me, I last, this past season what I really wanted the Knicks to do more of was just get out and run and rim run a lot more especially when the offense was so stagnant and you have all these younger players like I would rather just get them out in transition and just let them just play basketball and I think Jalen could fit in that as well just like Mitch of just running rim to rim and just dunking on dudes yeah and I think running is the key and that's why I had Tyler Bay right above Jalen Smith Tyler Bay is a forward from Colorado he played mostly the power forward for them offensively the skills are there he looks like he can have a pretty good shot if he takes it the problem is he doesn't take that many uh but he had a in college he had a 3.1 steal percentage and a 4.2 block percentage that's pretty crazy and there were a lot of highlights where he's stopping fast breaks by himself uh nick did you catch any of bay this season or see any clips on twitter and if you did yeah i actually watched quite a bit of colorado being out out west or more available Perfect. to me. The floor is yours. I, I really like Tyler Bay. I think he's one of the guys that you just you notice a lot. Like he he stands out a lot in a game, even you know, in games with with higher prospects. And they're you know the the Pac twelve did have some some big prospects this year, and he would really just be noticeable, which I like. I do think there's a world in which he can really translate to the next level. When you look at him, I don't know, you know, if you want to go with the the ceiling conversation, I'm not sure how high his ceiling is, but I do think he is someone that would be able to contribute on both sides of the ball. There, there are question marks, you know, in regards to offense in particular, he didn't shoot a lot, which is one of the things I know you talked about in, in the draft board, but I do think that his skills kind of translate. 
I agree. And that screen popping thing, I use that for as a barometer for, I would say, 99% of the prospects. The only time it failed me was Stanley Johnson. <laughs> but most of the time it works. And with Bay, I, I agree with everything you said. He does pop off the screen. And just to put an exclamation point on his lack of shooting, he has a good shot if you watch him. He shot 31 total threes in a full season at Colorado. So... Sample size extremely small, which seems to be the major theme with this draft anyway. Depending on what's on the board, I think I'm only going to take the guys I'm about to say over Bay. I think if it's Bay and Smith, I'm going Bay just because he fits the modern game. And I feel like bigs are just cheaper on the free agent market anyway. But moving forward, this was somebody that I thought was going to be a little more popular. I think he kind of got hosed by his teammate being wrongfully suspended. But... uh. Precious Achua from Memphis. He's a power forward, but I think his future really is that Draymond Green type center, which I think is going to be the next iteration of the center position. Uh, Shooting is pretty whack. He's shot 55% from the free throw line. Pretty cool percentages on the floor, but defensively, he is an absolute animal. His wingspan is ridiculous. I believe it's seven foot two. And he can get up and down the floor. So if he blocks somebody, he's ripping down the floor. Uh, Did either of you guys catch much Memphis? I know without Wiseman, they weren't as fun to watch. But if you did watch, Precious was the guy who, as Nick said with Tyler Bay, popped off the screen. Yeah, I was actually – I was very excited about him as a prospect going into the the year. And again, Memphis in general did have a weird, you know – not necessarily full season because of all the Wiseman stuff, both on and off the court. That clearly just was a huge factor. But I think Achua has a ton of potential. Like you said, I mean, he just the super long, athletic big is is valuable, right? If that's a Montrez Harrell type, you know that's still a very valuable asset in the NBA, right? Let alone if you reach the the kind of Draymondy stretch five kind of stuff that allows you to do so much more. I love that Montrez comparison. I think that's a reason why he's been so – I think he's had the widest variance of where he's gone in mock drafts, which is pretty funny. I've seen him as high as five, as low as early in the second round. So – He's somebody that should not be in the Knicks range, but he absolutely is because in this draft, I feel like one pick out of the blue can just have a crazy domino effect, and we can start seeing people that we shouldn't see fall into like the late mid to late 20s. So I find that pretty exciting. Um, moving on to somebody that's I found really exciting once I started to dig tape on him and who I'm praying falls, Kira Lewis from Alabama. Lightning fast point guard. He really took a step forward once he started playing under Nate Oates. And the reason for that is Nate Oates actually played a modern offense versus Avery Johnson's slow and plotting type of style. And I don't know. I think I feel like the Knicks are getting lucky without the combine because Kira is one of those people that would pop at the combine and surge up draft boards. And he still might. But did you guys catch any uh, Kira this year? So I didn't. I would say the SEC is one of my conferences, on like on the lower end of what I normally watch. Um, but 
checked in every once in a while, mainly because of that coaching change, to see how he translated going from uh, Buffalo to Alabama. And, man, Kira's just fast as hell. Like, <laughs> that's the only way I can ever think to describe him. Like, that one clip you had in your draft board where he got, like, the two consecutive steals was just absolutely ridiculous. And my my only like hesitation is those clips are great and those um and like having that type of player is great but like does that soup like really translate like how many times do we see that happen in the NBA do you know what I mean like I love to see it but like is that actually attainable in the NBA do you know what or, I mean does yeah that and that's kind of where it was kind of like a my th- view for Lewis is replacing Dennis Smith because I mm-hmm. do think there is a role on this team for a guard off the bench who can be a spark plug. And you're right. Those plays are few and far between. The more exciting part of that is just the sheer speed where I want to yeah. see Lewis is attacking off the ball and just getting up the floor with there's a steal. And I think he can do it. He bumped his scoring to 18 and a half a game. And my favorite clip of him is him dropping Isaac Okoro, who I to me, to me is the top wing in this draft. So there is some game to Kira, and I am going to have a caution, caution with him, like you said, where the plays that he sh- – the highlight plays, rather, don't happen as much in the NBA. But his shot, that's the main thing for me, his shot, if his shot's there. I Mm -hmm. think that with the possibility of those type of highlight plays could be a really special player off the bench and maybe even more. If they go wing at the top end of the draft, give me Kira. That I think would be my ideal draft. A a wing early and then a guard late and Kira would probably be my top guard for that. Yeah, and I think the only problem is they might have to trade up and we'll get to that once we talk about this last person because I think – to get him, and him is Sadiq Bay from Villanova, the sharpshooting wing. Bay's risen up comfortably, I think, now, where he's in the teens. So to get him, I feel like the Knicks are going to have to finesse a little bit if they want to get players that were once in the range but have now moved out. Sadiq, I've been all over him. He's 40% from deep this season. He won the Julius Irving Best Small Forward of the Year. He just has such a natural fit to the NBA that I have little to no concerns about him fitting into this team because the Knicks desperately need shooting and not even like anything crazy. Like Knox was slowly getting there and he just never reached that three and D potential. I don't think he ever will. I think he's has something else to figure out about his game, but I think we saw with Ellington's effectiveness, there is room for, or need rather, for a wing that does what Bay does, what did you guys think of Bay this year? No, I mean, you hit on it all, Mike, and I think it also can't be understated that he's coming from a place like Villanova, and I just seem to love anyone that comes from Villanova into the NBA. Um, shout out to Jay, who I found out is for his full first name is Gerald, right? I was shocked. I'm still shocked Gerald. by that. Gerald. I would have never. J E R O L D. I could have seen Jerome because I feel like white guys named white guys named Jerome <laughs> always change it. Um, no, seriously, the it was a tweet. The Big East like tweeted like screenshots of a Zoom call, and it was like Gerald dot right at it was his Villanova email address, and I was just I was shook. 
I was shook. But anyway, uh, I did. Yeah, I just love dudes coming out of Villanova pretty much. I mean, and it, he uh, he just has a little bit of everything. I would say, like he doesn't. It might like he might not be top tier at everything, but he does enough at you know at all levels of the game where he's just. I just think he's a solid pick. Yeah, and one thing that stuck out to me other than his shooting was he played a lot of minutes. He averaged above 30 minutes per game. And I've, I think it was Jim Behan. He was like pissed off after a loss. And he mentioned <laughs> Sadiq Bates, like Sadiq Bates paying 40 minutes a game. How are we going to stop with that? And it's just been like, yeah, he, he's a warrior. So I think bringing somebody like that into the fold would be good. Like you said, I think the last few Villanova players have all turned out pretty damn good. Even uh, Dante DiVincenzo starting to find his rhythm with the Bucks before play stop Mm -hmm. Jalen Brunson was has been good with Dallas I think pretty much from day one and Omari Spellman hasn't got enough minutes but I'm a big believer that he will end up being at least a good role player so give me all the Sadiq's base stock uh we might have to move up and if we do I wanted to kind of transition to a prospect Nick covered if we can get into the teens and let's say somebody like Obi Toppin who you profiled for the next wall was a really good profile that's why I'm doing this semi-awkward transition but what are your what where do you think Obi can fit within the current nick structure and by that i mean where does he fit in with mitch rj and frank well one of the things i talked about is i really love the fit because Obi does have some weaknesses right but i think there are weaknesses specifically defensively that would be covered by the core three that you just named if his rim protection is not his strength, putting him next to Mitch, who more than covers for the rim protection really at all levels of of the defense, is something that I think would be a good fit. The the highest, you know, when you're looking at the the optimistic comparison for Obi is typically gonna be someone like Amari. And when you look offensively, I think that would open up a lot for what he could do, especially next to RJ. One thing I talked about that I think is really underrated about Obi's game is he's a fantastic passer. And we've talked about that in the past. But I think if you could put a kind of tertiary playmaker next to RJ, I think that would really help his game. And I think Obi would be a huge, huge benefit for that offensively. You guys talked earlier about running and the athleticism. I mean, I think everyone, anyone who knows anything about Obi Toppin is going to associate him with, with the big dunks and fast breaks. I think that would be a, a perfect fit for what I think this Knicks team is trying to do. The Amari comparison just gave me a cold sweat. That, that would be very exciting. Um, one question with Obi. You, in your profile, you said he had an uncon- unconventional release. What do you project like if you had to take a guess, how do you think his shooting would translate to the game? Because he's had some great highlights. Jess showed me probably one of my favorite highlights of the season down in Maui at the start of the college season where Obi hits a three and does the Steph walking away before it goes in thing. And it did things to me, man. So (laughs) (laughs) it's ingrained in my brain. Whenever I need to be happy, I just think of it. Now he 
seriously increased his attempts. He went to 2.6 per game from three, shot 39%. Total-wise, he shot 82 threes, hit on 32. Is it a is it a shot worth buying into, or do you, are you still thinking he's more of a is he more of an Amari Suns type of pick that can grow into what we saw on the Knicks, or do you think it's going to just be an enigma shooting wise? I'm a I'm a believer in the shot personally because he did shoot it pretty efficiently. I mean, he was a, an effective shooter. Now the thing is about. Him shooting in Dayton is he did not shoot a lot. He if you watch Dayton games, he's pretty. I don't know if I would say picky with his his shooting, but he was not overly reliant on on the outside shot, which I think is smart. Right, he was playing to his strengths typically, but I do think it's there. I think it just looks funky. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. There's just something about it that just looks a little weird. I'm putting my finger on it. I don't know what it is, but if he can just hit that corner three, because he's not going to have to four shots. Nick, in your profile, you perfectly put it where he doesn't take shots that he doesn't have to, which is something that is a godsend coming from somebody who had to watch Julius Randle and Marcus Morris launch garbage (laughs) most of the season. So if he can just stay within himself... I think he could fit really well at that four spot because we said with the Jalen Smith, when we talked about Jalen Smith, Mitch has to start. I do think Randall's on his way out. The team won't commit to it publicly yet, but I have a feeling he's going to be out either this year or next year. So somebody like Obi and you say Amari, and like, again, that's one of my favorite Knicks in recent memory. If you get somebody like that, and he kind of hits on, which we'll get to in a second, the fun factor. The Knicks haven't been fun. I feel like Obi's another player that you can say, oh, I want to tune in to watch Obi. Because his dunks are pretty fucking entertaining, man. Like, he's <laughs> putting shit through the legs. That's impressive to do in-game, too. Yeah, I think that's the that's the very least of what you're getting, right? I mean, the idea of him and, and Mitch playing together and the dunks you'll get and the, the lobs they'll be catching, like, that. that's just... That would be more fun than the Knicks have been in years. Plus yes. all the Star Wars memes. The Obi Wan Toppin. I mean, that's just a great name. I don't know what his real name is. I don't want. I don't want to learn what his real name is. <laughs> you I don't want to know it. <laughs> yeah, I just want to know. We're just going to keep Obi. it at Obi. But I think a perfect draft would be getting a guard <laughs> for me at least. Could be getting a guard in the top half of the draft and then sneaking in to get Obi if he drops because. I haven't heard as much hype around Obi, maybe because basketball just kind of shut down. But I could definitely see Obi slipping to like 14, 15 if he doesn't go. Yeah, I do think I do think he is someone that could fall, mainly because of, of the defense. But if people don't believe in the shot, I mean, you could see him, people not wanting to take Yeah, 100%. And for that guard, I guess we'll just jump right into the first half of the final edition. Anthony Edwards I had last We kind of talked about him enough. I just don't see him being that good in New York. He is a great player physically, and I I wish him the best. I I would like to see him stay in Atlanta, his home Atlanta, just not just because he's from there, but I think him and Trey would be a nice pairing. Not that great for the Knicks. I have Halliburton's probably the first pick I want that really excites me, and I think he'd be a really good fit within the team just because he can space the floor. And he doesn't need the ball to be effective 
if you guys had to pick a guard, who would you guys go with? Because at the top of my board, I have Killian, then I have Lamelo, and then I have Tyrese. I don't know. I just I really keep going back and forth on Lamelo. Um, and I know you talked about this in your draft board, and it's something you know something you were just touching on was that like excitement factor. And I mean, there's no denying that Lamelo is bringing instant, you know, instant uh, media attention and everything. But you also had that as an argument against him, right? Because it turned into a into a kind of a circus, and who knows how much like Lamar is still doing, you know, doing his thing and all that. Like, I just, I think it for me, it's. It's kind of like the reverse Anthony Edwards, where I think Anthony Edwards has been at the top of so many people's lists for like three years that they can't back out of it now. I really think that's what's happened this year because like he just didn't show a lot at Georgia. And I understand he went to Georgia and like he wasn't surrounded by people. But just because you've had him at the as your number one for a few years, like let his play do the talking. You don't have to keep him there. And for me personally, ever since you know watching him score like a ridiculous amount of points at chino hills and like just like hating his form on his shot it's taking a lot of me to change my tune on him just because i spent so long just not believing in him but now watching him in the nbl and see him develop and see him kind of grow into his body and like how he's able to change his shot at least a little bit um he, I mean, the skill is there. It's just I'm still seeing you say that. Just breaking now. Uh, Mark Berman of the Post said Lamelo Ball is on the top of the Knicks board, so he's the top rated guard, rather. But that means he's the top of their board. I have a feeling they're going to try yeah. and go out of their way to get him. So I guess this would be a good transition to, for the last segment of the pod. Trading to get Lamelo, they're probably going to have to be in the top three at least now there is a pathway to doing it i covered it on i think two monday musings ago they're gonna have to find a hope the warriors calves or pist or not the pistons um it was warriors calves or somebody else i can't they're escaping my mind anyway they have to wait pray one of those teams are in the top three and then potentially move up I personally would wait for the guy who's on top of my board, Killian Hayes, who I think would easily fall to the five, six, or seven range, which is where the Knicks are most likely to land. Now I'll toss it over to Nick because you had before I record, you had a good idea about a player worth trading for that's not in this class. So I'll let you say that player, but would that influence your decision on trading up for Lamelo? Because I do think he fits with Lamelo. I. I think we're all kind of conflicted on, on LaMelo, right? And there is the idea of he is such a, a splash prospect. But if, when you're – the transition we're making here, right, is talking about the future. And the concerns on this draft class, by and large, is that there may not be a star worth, you know, taking at the top of the draft. That's the the – Negative consensus, the the comparison you see to the the Anthony Bennett draft, which did have stars, but it was a lower lower ceiling top of the draft, which leads you to next year, where you do have, I think, a, a much su- su- more secure 
class of stars with Cade Cunningham being the the cream of the crop there for me. And and no, go ahead, finish. No, go ahead. I was just saying if I think that's a, a legitimate way of looking at this. If if you don't see this this draft class as as giving you a star or giving you the star that you want, the the future piece that you need to play with RJ, if you can collect more assets that will give you a better chance at at getting someone like Cade next year, to me that's worth it. That's why I would have to see what LaMelo the lacoste for LaMelo would be because I'm not parting with anything. If I'm going to make a Godfather offer, is going to be for Cade Cunningham. And what I wanted to ask you, Nick, was Cade's listed as a guard. Obviously, most people see him as a point guard. Do you think he can play as a shooting guard? So, like, let's say the Knicks do take trade up for Lamelo, but they don't give up. A, they have enough to make that big offer, assuming they don't get the number one pick from the lottery odds. Do you think he could play at the two? I do. I think with as as talented as he is, I do think he could play on or off ball. The benefit to him at his size is the passing. And to me, obviously, that that's a more natural fit at the point guard. But I think if you were to pair him with a Lamelo type, I do think they would work well together because that's a just two high level passers, and at some point, you know, you do want players with talent. Exactly, and. Right? That's why I kind of want Killian Hayes more than LaMelo for that reason alone. I would definitely go all in to try and get Cade next year. But the problem with that, like the counter argument, is it's going to be really hard because a lot of people are calling Cade generational and best point guard in a very long time. So he's going to be hard to get. It's going to have to probably be – the Knicks would have to get at least a third, the third overall pick next year, I think or at least the top five, to even think about moving up for a swap because not many teams should want to give away Cade. Yeah, I don't – I would be shocked if they would, but I, I do think there's a world where you know the Knicks have been collecting assets now. And I would rather them be used on someone like Cade, who I, I really believe in, as opposed to, you know, is – and this is where it all depends on on what they see. And if they do look at Lamelo as really the top prospect, then maybe they are willing to make that move. I think the way that we have been talking about, and we've been talking about this for weeks, right? Is there really a, a big difference between Killian Hayes and and Lamelo this year? And what do you guys think? Do you really see a, a huge no and one way or another on the that? The main reason for me liking Killian is he brings most of the skills Lamelo does just with more safety to it. Like there's Lamelo's just out there sometimes in a good way. Like he'll launch shots. He'll throw shots that uh, throw passes that you didn't expect him to throw. Killian still has high level vision. He can shoot, but for some reason he just feels more under control of his skills where Lamelo's kind of like, I mean, this is a Dragon Ball Z reference where you reach a new level and you just don't know how to hone your skills. And I feel like that's what happens with Amelo at times. Killian seems more under control of what he can do. Yeah, I like that. And I, I personally am a little higher on Killian Hayes. I think they're close, but I I would really hate to see the Knicks give up any assets to go from Hayes to Lamelo. I would much rather, you know, 
sit and, and take Hayes with, with their pick as opposed to giving up any sort of future assets? And that last team I was just checking, the last team that they would need to fall in the top three that's possible that to make a trade is the Atlanta Hawks. So if the Hawks, Warriors, or um, the Cavs are in the top three, I think a deal can be done where it's a pick swap. You probably have to get up the Clippers pick and maybe a player or that Dallas pick from 2021. But that Dallas pick can... That's where you have the Cade Cunningham, or just looking ahead, period, not even beyond Cade, you can trade for a star. That's where it's going to get a little tricky, where you don't want to cut off your nose to spite your face type of thing. So it's going to be interesting. Uh, anything to plug for uh, you, Nick? Do you have anything coming up that we should look out for? Uh, not getting released for quite some time, but I'm working on a, a Denny of the uh, uh, profile that I think I'm – He's going to be pretty good. He's he's a prospect that you know I have quite a few thoughts on that I'm really enjoying going a little deeper into. Yeah, and that's a major reason I've kind of strayed away from Denny for the most part on this pod, just because whenever that profile does come out, we're going to do a pretty extensive episode on him because he's a very. I wanted to player. bring him up like five times on this pod, and I refrain. No, yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah, if you, I mean, yeah, we can talk <laughs> about him, but yeah, I, I am waiting for. Nick's profile on him because Nick's kind of been the point guy on that where he put Denny on the on my radar personally and I fell in love with him. He finished third on the final board. So look out for that in the future. That's gonna be very exciting. I mean the Obi Toppin profile was really good. Looks so good. I'm I'm excited for that. Uh Jess, anything to plug? Uh nope. I'm chilling, man. <laughs> okay. You know I'm not a writer. Come on. Hey, no, it doesn't have to be writing. It could be anything. It could be uh, the next Kentucky uh, Kentucky jersey you buy. Anything? Oh, anything Jesus. City Rocks? Anything? Uh, it, hey, it was our boy Isaiah's birthday yesterday. Yeah, there we go. So you know, had to give him a shout out. Um, let's see. I've been uh, if anyone's looking, you know, to get those competitive juices flowing, I've I've started a trend. It's hashtag Survivor is Sports. I've watched twenty eight full seasons i counted last night during this quarantine Whoa. it's it's become a problem <laughs> nick can, nick can attest to wow, this 20 that's that's dedication wow so we try oh man all right so we will catch you guys next week make sure you are following the next wall on twitter at the next wall make sure you're following jess at j ryan 44 on twitter make sure you're following nick at it's what is it nick uh not the fake nc NC underscores under each of those words. Make sure you give him a follow. He's been really great with the draft coverage. And like we said, be on the lookout for that Denny piece. I have a Killian Hayes piece coming out Tuesday, so be on the lookout for that. And as always, follow the Knicks wall at the Knicks wall. And, you know, fuck with the vision, man. We'll catch you all next time.